Gus, what's it mean for the club to get Cameron Serraldo? Oh, it's a big brick in the wall. Do you have any hesitation, Gus, about signing him for five years, or is that you want that sort of security? None whatsoever. I think it's a statement about us as a club and um, the stability that we need here for the next decade, and uh, the head coach is an important part of that. You were very keen to make sure that the club was in a good position so it's attractive to a coach. Do you feel like you're now in the right path? Yeah, look, things are going really good here. I can see where uh, you know, there's some blue skies ahead. Still got a lot of work to do. We're a long way off the pace in many areas, but I'm um, extremely happy with the type of stability we've got here at the moment with the board and the management and, um, and the other staff. So, yeah, things are looking good. That audio courtesy of Nine News. Now, Denny, good morning to you, mate. Now, no wonder Gus said, well, he shouldn't go to the, to the Tigers. Should Cameron Serraldo? I wonder why. He should come to the Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. That, this is Gus at his supreme uh, best at being a, a master uh, at um, you know convincing people they should come and work for him, not work for others. Uh, and you know what? He, you know, even even when I got that photo of. George Mimas at lunch with Serraldo and Craig Laundy, who's you know, obviously the son of the major sponsor, uh, and Mimas is you know the, the manager of Serraldo, all having lunch together at a Homebush pub. He just said, oh, it's just a, it was just a case of a man walks into a pub. It was a coincidence. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's oh like... Uh, Muriel's wedding. It's classic Gus. And I guess he just had to do anything and everything to ensure that he got Cameron Serraldo over the line. Uh, I think it was a difficult negotiation. Um, obviously, a five-year five deal is what Serraldo wanted. I'd imagine there'd be a range of clauses in it from both sides. Um, and it was a, a clever deal for Gus because that's what he was brought to Canterbury for, to turn the club around. Um, there's been... Uh, initial steps in doing that, obviously. The, the, the roster is slowly being worked over. Um, there are some good players coming next year who he signed. Um, and obviously Trent Barrett left the club in whatever circumstance you want to put it down to. And the, there are big changes happening at Canterbury. And you get the feeling from the way they're playing on the field uh, that things are starting to smooth out a little bit off the field. The, 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 the big thing with the Bulldogs has always been their volatile board. And I think that Gus's big role at the moment is keeping that board in, in check, uh, keeping that stability there and creating uh, pathways, which he's working on, and fixing the roster, which he's working on. And he's done probably... As he said, there's a big piece now of that puzzle taken care of by signing the coach that clubs like the Dragons wanted, um, that the Tigers wanted, um, and others. Um, and maybe, you know, even the Dolphins probably saw him as their future as well when Wayne Bennett um, stood aside. So it is a, it's a massive signing for the Bulldogs. And it's, um, I know Gus has got a lot of detractors out there, but he's done what he said he'd do and what he's been employed to do. Now it's just got to work. That's, that's the big thing. Danny, what's different to what we saw with Trent Barrett and the Bulldog? Why, why is, you know, I remember Gus 
advising Trent Barrett not to go to the Bulldogs. Now Gus is involved in the club. He goes and chases Cameron Serraldo, who's got huge raps, but as did Trent Barrett after his time at at the Panthers. What, why is this, like if I'm a Dogs fan, why is this different all of a sudden? Well, Pup, as usual, you ask good questions and obviously that time in France really. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been working on this question, Danny. <laughs> he wanted to come back strong. <laughs> on champagne. I noticed, I noticed you didn't, um, Jamie Rogers at the shores of, of France. I waved to her. Oh, mate, that, that's, that's not team play. I was cheering her on, buddy. I was right behind her. I was on a boat on the water. Couldn't you have been there with a blanket or something? <laughs> I had food for her. Well, I'm sure. Steak and salad yeah, when I she finished. I know what you're up to. I know what you're up to over there, <laughs> Anyway, uh, anyway, welcome to the Channel 9 family too, pup. Oh, <laughs> Don't you start, Nark. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> Uh, um, now listen, now you're back to your question. <laughs> uh, look, I think that the difference is, well, first of all, I think Trent Barrett um, didn't have a good exit from Manly yeah. before his time at the Bulldogs, so he was already under pressure. When he came to the Bulldogs, I don't think, I just don't think it worked for him because he was the sort of coach who was used to having a very efficient, high-profile team uh, at Penrith, and I don't think he was able to adapt to coaching players of maybe a lesser ability. Um, now, that's going to be Serraldo's test. He's coached at a younger level. Um, he's coached teams, I think, in the under-20s from memory. Uh, so that's going to be the challenge for him to adapt to players. Like, all of a sudden, he doesn't have uh, Dylan Edwards or Nathan Cleary, does he? He's got... Um, players who are on the way up, hopefully for him, like Kyle Flanagan or um, you know, like uh, Avarillo. That so he's got he's got to be able to adapt to that, and obviously Gus sees something in that. And the, the noticeable thing is that I think that Gus is having a big influence on the way that Canterbury are playing at the moment, and I think that he will. I think he'll continue to have an influence on the way the team plays, even when Serraldo's there. Look, since Mick Potter's been there, the dogs have turned have gone from being boring to box office in a lot of their games. You can watch them again. They were they were close to unwatchable, unfortunately, under Trent Barrett, because they couldn't understand his way of coaching. I think Cameron Serraldo is gonna probably have to get back to basics with a lot of them. Uh, and his his strength, which is interesting, is defence. Um, and I think that that's been his main area a lot of the time at Penrith, and that's right now uh, still a weak point for the Dogs. Denny, a lot of people have asked, and you mentioned Mick Potter and the turnaround from the Dogs from Trent to to Mick Potter, and they're playing some really good football. Does Mick Potter stay on in, in some capacity? And there's also been some talk around... Michael Maguire possibly going there as assistant coach. Do you know anything about this or where that's at? Laurie, I haven't asked Gus about um, Mick Potter's future, but he's done a terrific job for them. And he, I, I interviewed Potter um, a couple of weeks back where he was of the view he's now ready to coach first grade again. So he might not want to you know, stay on as an assistant. Uh, but it wouldn't hurt the Bulldogs to have someone like Potter around because he's a... 
a very calming influence. Uh, he's an experienced head. And, yeah, Michael Maguire, um, again, he was spotted at um, uh, a cafe in Belmore having breakfast with Gus. But I also think Michael Maguire has been to a few clubs. I think he's um, uh, had a meeting maybe with Parramatta. I know he was down in Canberra, I think, a few weeks ago. So I don't know whether he's just doing the rounds. But someone like Madge would be a, a handy sounding board as well. It's just whether the likes of Potter and uh, Maguire can put their ego to one side mm. after having such prominent roles um, in clubs and be able to take a back seat to a young coach like Serraldo. And, and while, you know, while Gus will deny it, he's going to have an influence as well. Uh, and so he should because uh, he's still got a very, very sharp football brain. Um, and I, I think that had Trent Barrett perhaps listened more to the way he was advice, getting some advice from Gus, he could have still been there. What's your take on the Ponga situation, buddy? Ugly, yeah. Um, bad look. Not again. Uh, not crime of the century sort of stuff. But in a club like Newcastle that are uh, have been going backwards at a rate of knots, the last thing you need is for your captain to be doing something that doesn't seem to be um, smart for the team. Does he lose the captaincy? <sighs> I, I don't know if he necessarily is, is the natural leader. Mm. For that club, mm. um, the, the problem is, is someone like um, uh, is Brayley ready? Um, is Jaden Brayley the captain now? Uh, is he someone you'd? I, I, he seems like a really solid individual. Um, he he might be an option for the Knights. Um, I I really I don't think Newcastle are getting value out of Caelan Ponga. Obviously, he's had injuries and now he unfortunately he's got the head issue, but he he hasn't produced over his whole time there consistent football, the kind of football we see at state of origin level, unfortunately. Mm. And, you know, they've paid him a, a truckload of money to, to do it. With Kalen, I, I just, I talk to people about him and I, I'm, I, I'm trying to get a handle on, on his level of passion for football. I think from everything I can gather, he plays rugby league because he's good at it. I don't know if he plays rugby league because he's got a this overwhelming, burning passion to be mm. a rugby league player. I, I think he's just brilliant. He's a brilliant sportsman. Mm. And I, do you see what I'm trying to make? Mm. Do you see the distinction there, Lozzie? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've always thought with Kalen, you just let him play. Like, as in, you know, as a as a leader, there's a lot of things that go with leadership, and sometimes. If you're a leader, you, you need help yourself. But it's about what you do after the game's finished. It's about getting people together. It's about discussions with the coach. It's about how you set an example, having input into how we train, how we play, all those things that take extra time. And for me, that just confirmed what you just said, Denny, the, the fact that you know he, he plays it because he, he, he's good at it. But I think he likes to get away from it as well. Sometimes yeah. in a leadership role, you, you can't just sort of clock off after you walk off the field after 80 minutes. And, Laurie, that's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, like, I don't know what you were like as a player, whether you sat and you, you loved watching games. And I, I don't know if Kalen is that person. Um, yeah. 
maybe he's just a brilliant individual. Like, like he's a brilliant player. Oh, he's a, he, he's a he wonderful player. Right? Wonderful. I'm not bagging him as a player, but I just don't know whether I don't know whether his from people who who know him well and have been around and played and you know they they say he's he is just he plays rugby league because he's so good at it. Mm. But, and, and that's yeah, good that's too, you know. That, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, there, there's no. nothing wrong with just being turning up, playing, and and doing your best for the club, and not wanting anything to do with that extra responsibility. Because some people aren't always made out to be leaders. Mm. And, uh, and regardless, regardless of um, yeah, that, that incident the other day. Look, it's it's not the end of the world sort of stuff, but it's just Newcastle didn't need it. Um, and after it comes on the back of the Clemmer stuff, it raises issues about the Knights' culture, um, which I know I know that's a, a wishy-washy word for a lot of people, but it does raise issues about the level of commitment. Um, you look at their season they've had. Oh, I think they've finished, or they're going to finish about where their roster puts them. I don't think I, I don't think they've got a great roster. Um, and I, you know, we talk about Adam O'Brien under pressure. Well. I just don't think they've got that great an assembly of players, and and they're they're heavily invested in Ponga, and he hasn't been able to get on the field enough for them, for whatever reason. And when he has been on the field, he has moments of brilliance. But if you look at James Tedesco, I just sit there and watch him play football, and I, I can't help but be an absolute awe of the consistency he has, the high level brilliance. Year after year after year, he, you don't, I don't think there's a, there's been a, a better, more consistent club player uh, than James Tedesco over the last three years. Like he, he's unbelievable. The level of brilliance mm. he supplies. Yeah, no, uh, he's, I mean, I'm including Nathan Cleary in that. I just think Tedesco, his high level of of excellence is unsurpassed, and that's what Newcastle need from Kalen Ponga. He needs to. Watch what James Tedesco is delivering for the Roosters and the effort that he puts in. And I know they're different players, but he's got to set himself that as a level that he needs to meet. Hasn't been a sadder story in footy than uh, the death of Paul Green in in a long time, you'd have to say, Denny. Oh, mate. It's awful. It's just like, you know, when it, when the news started to come out, it was like, you couldn't. I actually couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Look, I'm not saying I was uh, super close to Paul Green, or um, I, I knew him. I interviewed him on a number of occasions, and um, I spent what was really uh, difficult for me is I spent time with him in um, in, in 2017 at his home in, in Townsville, uh, and he made a comment to me which I'm not going to repeat, but just about dealing with. The pressure and what it what it was doing to him, and how he had to change his ways. Um, and I reflected on that comment when I was putting together a story last week about Paul, and he um, just didn't see anything that would suggest that this was going to happen. And I mean, I remember looking around at um, when I was sitting there in his backyard with his kids on a trampoline. He'd just been flying his chopper. Uh, we went, you know, I went and watched him do that, and you know, he lived in this beautiful home overlooking all of Townsville on on, on the mountain. And I, I was like, this guy's. I didn't pay enough attention to what he said, and I, I've been sort of thinking about that a lot. And um, you know, it just, it, I just wish that 
I, I don't know. I, it's, it's just so hard to explain. And, you know, he, he, I was speaking to Matt Rogers and he played golf with him on the, the Friday before he, he, he took his own life. And he, um, he said he was talking about, you know, he, asked, he was asking about the Titans job and, you know, would he be a person for that? And he was talking about the boat he just bought, which, which gets delivered to his family this week. I, th- I think he had a, a holiday book so, you know, for October to take his family away. And you, you just don't, I just, you know, it's so hard to deal with and hard to explain. I just feel so much for his wife, Amanda, and um, his beautiful kids. It's, you know, and I know, I know you guys have been dealing with this uh, in a really sensitive and in a smart way and talking about people talking to each other. And I just can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, and I heard JT with you last night as well, Denny, and, you know, he must be going through a horrible time himself and, um, you know, the, the mateship that they developed through, you know, captain and, and coach, but, you know, just the ability um, to be able to talk through tough times is, is so important. And I, heard, I even heard your recent call. I mean, look, there are, you know, people have their struggles and um, it's the more we talk about it, I think, the better. The more we talk, the better. Just finally, Denny, I saw in your column in the Sun Herald as well. You did an interview with Ian Chappell, who's retiring from commentary uh, after yeah, uh, yeah, nearly yeah. half a century, and <laughs> he pulls no punches, Chappelle, does he? To say the least, and that's what we we enjoyed about him is how forthright he was. Yeah, Pup's still there. Is he taking off another sip of champagne? No, I'll stay stay to the end of the week. It might take a couple of weeks off. What was he like to work with? Puppy would have been... I loved him, mate. ...the end of the game. I loved him. I I think, well, his knowledge was second to none. The way he read the game, I think you saw that as a a batsman. You saw that as a captain. And then I was fortunate enough to see it as a a commentator alongside him. Uh, Very straight shooter. I I think Chaps and, and, and Rod Marsh were the two older players that I spent a lot of time with um, as a young boy growing up um, through the Cricket Academy and, and things like that. And they were both very hard on me, um, but honest and, you know, hard but fair. I, I sort of thought the whole way through my career, I'd, I felt that as a player. And then, you know, Chaps was the same going into commentary as well. He was he was there to seek advice and help and experience. And uh, if he felt like you said something that, was incorrect or out of line or not appropriate, then he made that very clear as well. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, Chaps was one of those guys that, that polarised because he was such a straight shooter. Um, but from my perspective, I wouldn't have wanted any other way. And I thought he was a brilliant commentator as well. Read the game as good as anyone. Well said, pup. Still the one. You still got it. <laughs> still got it. <laughs> Are you Koshy, to... Koshy's just texted me about Sunrise yeah. So I'm going to have to have that combo as well at some stage Are you invited to the Christmas party? Mate, I am the Christmas party We're doing it at my house Can I come? Of course Loz, you're in Is Carlos going to be there? You're all welcome Carlos will definitely be there The family, our family will be there Do I get a start finally? 100 Mate, you, today's show Who else we got? Peter Overton's coming. <laughs> we'll all be there. <laughs> Teddy, thanks so much. Uh, thanks.